What's up, Hogland Nation? You know we gotta tell you about Mr. T's Tuxedos. Do you or someone you know have a wedding, formal, prom, or big event coming up soon? Well, lucky for you, we have you covered. Mr. T's Tuxedos has the best suits and tuxedos in the area, and will have you looking your best for your big day. With their main store located in Minersville, PA, they also offer fitting services located in Center City, Philly, as well as on-site fittings at your preferred location. Make sure to mention that Hogline sent you when you visit in-store or reach out with an inquiry. To take a look at their catalog and for more information on all that Mr. T's Tuxedos has to offer, visit MrT'sTux.com. That's M-R-T-S-T-U-X.com. And remember, you only have one shot at looking your best. Be sure to take it with Mr. T's Tuxedos. What's going on, Hogline Nation? Welcome back to the Hogline Podcast. I'm your host today, Mitchell Manis, alongside, in person, my two fellow co-hosts, Jack Manis and Andrew Schreffler. Welcome to the podcast, folks. We are here. We're ready to talk about some new coaches, some new new faces in some new places, and got a couple hot takes, way too early hot takes for the 2022 NFL season. Um, how are you guys feeling today? I'm good. I don't think you said the episode number. 171. If I didn't say it, we're at 171. Yeah, we live, Mitch. We live. We are live. True. Shref, are you ready to add to your adjectives at the end of the show today? Honestly, this is the first time I'm thinking of it, so now I'm ready to add to the end of it. Well, I'm glad I reminded you then. Does it still count even though it's not football season? Yeah, well, we... Never mind. Don't do it for the other two episodes. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I'll do it for this one, though. That's a little inside scoop there, even though that's not going to make sense to them because they're going to come out at their evergreen episodes is a term I just learned. Anyway, back to the, back to the, uh, the, the agenda here. Uh, the Super Bowl happened. We're, we can talk about that for two minutes, if Jack <laughs> will allow it. Uh, Cooper Cup won MVP. He had two touchdowns, including one that won the game in the last drive for the Rams. Uh, my dream didn't hit. Remember the Bengals? They were I was they were going to win twenty six twenty three. That's right. It was close. I was holding on hope for the for the lot of time there. But what was the final? It was uh, twenty three twenty. So if the if the Bengals scored like a last second touchdown and didn't kick an extra point, you would have hit. Yeah, it would have been twenty six twenty three. I mean, at that point, with the way the game was going, I wasn't really expecting it to hit. I was kind of hoping the Bengals would kick two field goals. When it was 20 to 16 Bengals at the end of the third quarter, which that's what it was. So hoping the Rams score a touchdown, Bengals kick a field goal, and then they kick another field goal. That's how I was hoping I'd get it, but it didn't really shake out that way. Um, Aaron Donald and Sean McVay, are they still going to play football and coach football? Yeah. Right. I think 100%. I don't think there's any way they don't. Um, obviously rumors about it but if you if you still have the team that they have both very i mean mcveigh's what what is he 36 he's still got some left in the tank i think before he decides i mean it's pretty much a given i think that he's gonna end up in the booth at some point but i i I think that second part of his career is still a little ways away and i mean aaron donald i think i don't know where that rumor started about him retiring i just don't i don't see any logical way that a man of that 
caliber of play would just hang it up right after this one. It doesn't seem right. So I don't think so. Yeah, he still has, I mean, in my opinion, like one to two more prime, prime years. And then even that, he's still going to be a good player if he chooses to do to continue playing for another, I don't know, two or three years beyond that probably. And I just, I don't know. I don't see Sean McVay. I think, I don't know, it may be like a naive perspective, but I feel like he just doesn't, I just think, I think he loves coaching too much to like walk away at this point. He does, but when you think about it, like head coaches, like think he'd go into the booth and get paid. Like he'd be like one of the highest paid com- broadcasters probably right away, I bet. Maybe not right away, but ha- after a season or two, and I'm sure he's going to be a phenomenal broadcaster. Um, he'll get become the highest paid instantly. And what Romo got that deal with CBS of north of like, I want to say 16 million. I don't know the exact number, but like that's more than a head coach will make, and so much less work. Yeah, the work the work life balance is much uh, more right. appealing. And he's 36, and he's getting married soon. Probably gonna have a family. Wants to spend time with his family. So I could see that being a part of be broadcasting being in his future within the next couple years but Howard I he already said I think he's returning to the Rams and for the time being I don't see why not yeah I mean he's accomplished pretty much everything you could as a head coach at this point he won coach of the year I believe right his first year coaching oh yeah yeah um right two-time NFC champion and now a Super Bowl champion so um that was probably the the one thing he was in pursuit of and yeah I mean, it would make a lot of sense. I just think at this point he's just not quite ready. It's going to be a little bit uh, longer till he transitions to a broadcasting career. All right, I guess we can move on. Speaking of coaches, to the new guys, there was nine, and I feel like that's definitely got to be more than normal, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I have a quick, you know, wrote a couple of my thoughts down for each of the guys. Um, we can start off with the Bears. They fired Matt Nagy, who was another Coach of the Year uh, recipient. Funny to think about. It really is. Uh, but you know, he what was that? Four years with the Bears. Anyone remember? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know he was the coach because I remember your freshman year. That was a double doink, and I watched the Eagles Bears playoff game at, at Bruce Hall with you guys. And he Dude, that was his that was his first year coaching when he was rookie of the year, coach of the year. Yeah, sorry, coach of the year. Yes. Okay, so yeah, four years with Chicago, uh, made the playoffs two of the four years, I believe. They made it in twenty eighteen and twenty twenty. Twenty twenty was like. You know, it didn't really count. It was a Mickey Mouse playoff performance, playoff <laughs> right. appearance. I mean, yeah. uh, <laughs> fire Lenaggy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, the new person they bring in is Matt Eber Eberflus or Eberflus. I think Eber. We're gonna go with Eber. Okay. Uh, Matt Eberflus, who was most recently the uh, the Colts defense coordinator from 2018 to 2021, so the past four seasons. Uh, what are your guys' initial thoughts on this hire? I just think, you know, I mean, I don't have any too too strong of opinions on this one. I just think I'm, su- I guess, slightly surprised they didn't go with an offensive mind considering they have a sophomore quarterback. Uh, right. I mean, I don't have – I don't know too much about Eberflus. I mean, the Colts defense, I, it's a, I feel like he's done a good job with them the past couple of years. You said since 2018 he was their D.C.? Yeah, in the past four seasons. Um, I, I'm not – 
I wouldn't say I'm nuts. I wouldn't say I'm surprised that they went with a defensive coach because that's just the Bears' style traditionally, defense, defense when you think of Bears. Um, and they're a very like traditional, old-fashioned organization, so I can see it in that sense. I mean, from an outsider's perspective, like ours, I think they really should have, and you, you agree, that they should have went with an offensive mind just to help Justin Fields uh, progress as much as possible. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't really have too much, like opinion either way on on this one other than what i said yeah i'm, I'm, I'm just going to echo everything you guys said i am i've always been a proponent of teams wanting offensive head coaches over defensive main reason for that is like especially with a guy like fields going into his second year like let's say let's say the bears hire a good have they, have they hired an offensive coordinator yet do we know i can i can are you in check jack all right well, while you're doing that, I, I just think, like, let's say they have a good year like and their offense is good. All of a sudden, that offensive coordinator is probably getting looked at for other head coaching jobs. Um, so I just uh, – let's see. What's his name? Luke Getze? Yeah. All right, Luke Getze. Well, we'll, we'll he, see, we'll, we'll see he was he the uh, Packers quarterback coach. Okay. I just feel like if you have a young QB, you don't want, you don't want there to be, like, a revolving door of playbooks and offensive mindsets. I think having the offensive head coach so that – the coach can kind of grow with you is what I would prefer to do. But at the same time, you guys already mentioned that the bears have always been a team that kind of values defense first. Um, and that's always reflected in most of their head coaching hires. So, I mean, overall, not bad. I don't, Eberflus doesn't strike me as a guy that's going to be there like long-term, but I, I don't think it was the worst hire they could have made. So overall, not, I'm not too upset about it. Justin Fields definitely needs them some stability. Uh, so hopefully for their sake, he can at least be there longer than a, you know, two, three year stint. Next coach we have on the docket is Nathaniel Hackett, a former offensive coordinator for the Green Bay Packers. Um, he goes to Denver. He is 41. I think he's relatively young. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's going to, it's a popular trend, but a lot of these, a lot of these organizations went with young hires. They're trying to find their next uh, Sean McVay or Kyle Shanahan. So that seems to be all the rage these days. Uh, Like I said, he's a good track record. Green Bay obviously was very formidable over the past three seasons. Um, Clearly the biggest thing for the Broncos and and Mr. Hackett is going to be uh, addressing the quarterback uh, position in this upcoming offseason, whether it be a veteran or a rookie. Because I mean, you you just can't go Drew Lock at this point. That just doesn't make any sense. Uh, the only thing I ha- other thing I had written down is is this a possible Aaron Rodgers recruit because he's uh, very familiar with Nathaniel Hackett. Um, that's uh, that's what everyone's thinking. I'm sure because you know Hackett's their former Packers OC and Rodgers likes him. Um, I feel like that's it's just it's really hard. First of all, I don't quite understand the what needs to. Rodgers needs to get traded. Like he's not a free agent, as people are pretty, like. That's kind of like what I feel like people just think they don't look into it. He's not a free agent. He's got to get traded, and I feel like that's very hard to do, to trade a quarterback of that. When has a quarterback of that caliber ever gotten traded? You think of the Jay Cutler Kyle Orton trade in like 2006, but. What you mean like when they're already that established? Yeah, because Brett right. Favre got traded. But he wasn't. He was young, though. Like for the Falcons to the Packers. Second year right, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, exactly. So uh, <laughs> you just brought up Jay Cutler and Kyle Orton and compared them to Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. 
good one. Well, that, no, that's that's my whole point. Is that the the good, they're so the contrast between those two quarterbacks and Rodgers is so different. This is speaks to how difficult like a trade would be for that. So. Yeah, that's a fair point. I feel like a lot yeah. of people are just taking the assumption that Rodgers and Watson and Russell Wilson are just all going to be traded this offseason. <laughs> right. yeah. But there's really there's a that. strong possibility that none of them Watson probably won't even play. Who knows what happens with that? You might. And like know. Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers, there's definitely there's a reason why I think I, the Packers and Seahawks are still the favorites to have them. Yeah, I I I like this hire for them. Um Mainly because of the weapons they have at the moment. I'm excited to see with an offensive-minded coach what guys such as like Jerry Judy, um, Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick. Um, I feel like Cortland Sutton hasn't – still maybe hasn't like hit his stride yet. I feel like he's had some big seasons, but um, I'd like to see what can be done with a new offensive coach in there. Obviously, this the, the coaching hire isn't going to be – isn't going to mean anything until we find out who's starting a QB for them. Um, I agree with Jack wholeheartedly. I don't. I, I don't think the Rodgers trade is as like realistic as people maybe think it could be. Um, especially like if you're the Packers, you're not. You're not trading him unless you're getting like Denver's entire team. Pretty much, I feel like. Um, I don't know if you agree with that, Mitchell. But I. I, I think if they if they were to trade him, I think the Broncos makes a lot of sense for a couple of reasons on both sides. Uh, I'm sure the Packers don't want to deal deal him to some team in the NFC. I'm sure they're going to do everything they can to find an AFC trade partner if they're legitimately looking to do this. Uh, the Broncos have a, a decent roster overall, I'd say, and it looks like you know if if they, they can justify it, like if we just get Rodgers, then I think the rest of our team is good enough to where like we can justify giving up overspending on draft capital. So I think for those reasons. And it seems like a place he might want to go to. He's familiar with the coach, so I think it could work out for both sides. Yeah. And in that sense, like I, there's no shot he goes to an NFC team. Yeah, I agree. It, 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 it's interesting because the their team as a whole, like their their top players are all really young. So I'm I'm intrigued to see whether or not they decide to either bring in a rookie to kind of grow with them, or if they think that bringing in a veteran, whether it's Rodgers or even just like a a more like a more mid, like middle of the road QB, like a, uh, like a Jameis esque type of guy. Um, so that'll be interesting. But overall, I, I like the hire from them. I feel like they, they haven't had an offensive coach in a little bit. I feel like. Um, so I'm interested to see how that changes things. But yeah, overall, who was who was the coach before Vic Fangio? It was, uh, it was Fangio, and then who who was before Fangio? That's actually a good question. Um, John Fox. I was gonna say John Fox. He won the Super Bowl with them, but I don't. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Gary Kubiak. Kubiak. Well, those are two offensive guys. I guess they are. Yeah, maybe I'm just thinking of Fangio then. But either way, I like the hire. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, next guy we have here is the Texans. They hire Lovey Smith. Uh, who wants? I have a lot to say about Lovey Smith. Who wants to go first? Do you want me to, or do you guys have something uh, very pertinent you want to say about him? Um, I don't. You can go first. Well, I hate the hire. I think it's. I also don't like it. Uh, very weird. I think uh, Texans back-to-back years have had trouble attracting head coaching talent to the organization for obvious reasons. The the roster is terrible. Uh, I mean, David Coley just seems like a random guy just to hire, and 
and like th- he was definitely the last one to get hired, right? Yeah, and I think he was just hired to get fired. It felt like like it wasn't right, and it was weird from the start. And weren't they last this time too to hire Lovey Smith? Like they didn't they were last team. Maybe the Saints. No, the Jags. Nah, Peterson was definitely before Smith. I think. I don't know the Jag because the J- there was we'll get to the Jags, but there was some issues there, but that delayed the process. But you can. Well, I don't know. So I mean. What I have written down here is Lovey Smith's record since 2014. Any guesses what his head coaching record is between he was a coach for the Bucks for two seasons in Illinois for I believe five seasons. He was coach at Illinois. Illinois football, yes. Um, what was his what's his record head coaching record since 2014? Tiger win percentage. Oh, I'd have to calculate that real quick, but yes. I'll say a win percentage of like 43. All right, he he coached 88 games. Does that help you? Okay, so I'll say he went forty and eight, forty-eight. Shreff, guess eighty-eight games for Lovey Smith. Games. I think he won. I was gonna say he won like thirty-six of them. Okay, so Jack's going forty and forty-eight. Shreff is going thirty-six and fifty-two. Well, it's it's worse than both of them. It's twenty-five and sixty-three. Oh, that's not great. <laughs> so I'm like, why is this guy getting an opportunity? He, I know. And he has, he has one postseason ex- appearance at any level since Super Bowl Forty One when they played Peyton Manning in two thousand six. One postseason appearance since then. There's just no reason. Like I mean, I know he's he was he had a decent run back fifteen to seventeen years ago with Chicago, uh, but you know he hasn't done anything since we were like six or seven years old. So like why 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 is he an NFL coach now? He was awful at Illinois. He got fired at Illinois. So they, I don't know. I just really hated the hire. I just don't think it made any sense, especially when there's. I mean, I know they're a poverty franchise, but come on, you're still an NFL organization. Like you can't do better than that. I'm I'm sorry. That was just a bad hire. I don't like. I think it's going to be a one season, one and done. Yeah, the the main thing I was thinking is like if you like I, I don't think anyone anyone who knows football and knows Lovey Smith I think knows that this this isn't going to be a long-term hire I don't think. Like I don't I don't see any way in which he coaches this team for more than like a year or two. So in that case, why not just keep Coley around? Like he he had obviously the Texans weren't good in any regard, but Considering the roster they had and what they were working with, I thought Coley ended up doing a half decent job. He, he kept them, kept them competitive in most games. Had Davis Mills looking like he could end up being like, obviously not a star, but like a serviceable quarterback when needed. Um, yeah, I, it, it just I I think the timing of it was weird too because that that was right around, that was right around the point where the Rooney Rule conversation was coming was kind of coming back into play, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm, the timing of that was was definitely weird. But like it, my the one the thing I kept coming back to is if you're gonna hire Lovey Smith at that point, just keep Coley. Like there's no there's no there's no shame or nothing bad about bringing back a coach that already knows this team, knows the players. Um, just a, a very confusing hire by by far the most confusing hire throughout the entire cycle. It didn't make any sense because I don't know. I mean, you, you brought up the the Rooney Rule conversation. But and I know Brian Flores came with his own, you know, thing because he was suing the NFL and still is suing the NFL. It's still going on, I think. Right? I don't know. I know he just got hired by the Steelers. So is right. that still? Is he still going forward with that? I don't know. I but think so. Well, anyway, I mean, I don't know. If you're if if you're really trying to play in into the race 
narrative, like I don't know, Eric Bieniemy, Brian Flores, like there's definitely better. Well, I don't think Bieniemy is leaving uh, Kansas City. I I kind of feel like that he's gonna be. He's waiting in the wings for Reed to retire, and he can inherit Mahomes in a few years, and that could be the transition there. That's just that's just my speculation. That'd be smart of him. Yeah. So exactly, I think that's just what I I feel like that's his plan. That that would be a good plan. Um, Flores, can you address Flores? That's why. I kind of feel like they were. Yeah, I don't know. It's. I don't. I don't need to really echo everything you guys said. I agree. I just. I feel like this puts like the Texans. Obviously, are you said a poverty franchise, and they're at the. They have <laughs> like nothing. Um, this is this is puts on hold like the rebuild. Like this is, it's just another. It's gonna be another year of last year. Like there's no hope for the future. Like, I they don't. Pl- I don't think they plan. I mean, mock drafts don't mean anything. But I don't. And no mock draft has them getting a quarterback. Deshaun Watson, if he plays, he won't be playing for the Texans, I believe. So it's just stupid. So it sounds like like we all think they're going to have four coaches in four years. Uh, yeah. Once Bill they was, hire someone else next right. year. Yeah, but yeah. Who was the interim? Was Coley the interim last year? It could be five then, or two two years ago. Yeah, Romeo. So <laughs> My gosh, that's so, so what bad. Bill O'Brien halfway through the year in 2020 and or whatever Jeez. four games and then Cornell. Yeah, Foley, the the thing Smith. is like, yeah, the Texans were four and thirteen last year. It's the double amount of wins I thought they were going to have. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's not even like when you when you want a culture changing head coach in like a refresh like new beginning. You, that usually doesn't happen in house. Like Lovey House is Lovey Smith is an in house hire. He was their DC slash associate head coach was his title last year, the past couple of years. So yeah. It's I don't know, very a lot of question marks around this one. Yeah, you don't you don't hire a guy that averaged less than four wins uh per year over since twenty fourteen. So yeah. we get that we give that uh hire an F. <laughs> Right. Uh, random breaking, not random breaking news of the day. Uh, we haven't had this in a little bit here. Uh, well, it's kind of related to what we were saying in the beginning of the show, but Sean, I got an alert via NBC Sports. Sean McVay could get $15 million TV deal. Right. So you were right on that, Jack. You, th- you said 16 for like yeah. Romo or something. Yeah. So he's right away, he'd get hired to be one of the most top paid broadcasters. So very, a lot of incentive for him to leave. Jacksonville Jaguars fired Urban Meyer earlier in the season. Yep. Uh, Who was their interim coach? It was um, Shref. Who was it? Jags interim head coach. Um, I don't. It's on the tip of my tongue. Daryl Bevel. Yeah, yeah. There it is. Okay. Uh, but they hired Doug Peterson, a coach that Shref knows very well mm-hmm. personally. Yes. Um, good family friend. Yep. I, in my opinion, I think it's a really good hire. I think he was unjustly fired uh, in Philadelphia. We all know about that. Uh, there were a lot of factors at play, and you know, a lot of them didn't really have anything to do with football. It was more just uh, ego, I guess you could say, to put it in a, in a summary there. I think this gives the organization credibility and kind of gives them a professional – 
what am I trying to say? Uh, perspective persona. Whereas yeah, I don't I, in the locker room. Ex- I think it, it's helpful. Like Urban Meyer, in my opinion, like he just doesn't do that. Like he just seems like corrupt well, and he, like I mean, just he, a, not a good Urban, person. So Urban Meyer came from a college head coaching job in which, like, I mean, you're bringing in, you're bringing in five star recruits every single year. Like the, I feel like I'm assuming the day to day operations. His he's not really hands on at Ohio State. I think in Jacksonville he had to be on every day and had to be doing things that he definitely wasn't doing at Ohio State in terms of whether that be like player development or like keeping relationships with players. Um, so that clearly didn't work. I guess I can – I'll go right into Peterson. This was my – whether this is considered biased or not, this was my favorite hire the, of the cycle um, for multiple reasons. One, obviously Doug Peterson I think was was the best option out of any coach that you could have been – that you could have gotten this offseason. Um, Mitchell, you said it, uh, unjustly fired I think uh, to put it lightly. Um, clearly he had no – I guess no real control on that team. Um, it seemed like the front office was kind of the ones that were making those moves, and he just kind of had to sit there and take it. And clearly that eventually broke down. Um, now he gets to go to Jacksonville. You get Trevor Lawrence, which I think – which when we first started talking about the head coaching openings, I think Jacksonville was one of our top destinations simply because of the fact of having Lawrence on the team. Um, offensive mind, so definitely going to bring in some new stuff for them. Um excited to see what he can do with guys like uh like etn and james robinson because i mean we remember that eagles super bowl year you had you had people like Corey clement and uh legarrett blunt running wild against teams jay Ajayi as well so like having some legit talent in that backfield i think will be interesting to see um overall i i think if you're the jags you know that you've been very bad for uh very long um outside of their random afc championship appearance a couple years ago um so they they were in in major need of kind of a facelift, and I think bringing in an experienced guy who realistically was a steal of a hire for them, considering the fact that he probably shouldn't have even been uh, like available. Uh, yeah. yeah, he shouldn't have been unemployed in the first place. So I, I think I think Jags had a home run on this one. Uh, I agree. Great hire. Um, they hired new like across the board their four main head four main coaches head coach dc oc and special teams all new um which is great for a team like the jags who are going to be picking first i just um i really want to believe in the jags because of that um and trevor lawrence like they could be on the brink of like a new age just when you do that you got to clean house with the gm too and their owner Shad Khan. I don't know what I feel like he's has a relationship with. His name is Trent Balky, the GM, and from all reports say that Balky like sucks. He's har- he's horrible to work with. Um, that's why Leftwich was gonna be their coach, and he and he wanted Khan and the Jags to replace Balky with someone else, and. They said no, and ultimately that's why Leftwich withdrew his name kind of late in the game. So that's why they kind of circled back to Peterson because they interviewed Peterson a while ago. He was their first interview, yeah. And then um, it was over over a month later they brought him in for another interview and then hired him then. Um, Poor Peterson. He's got to deal with two uh, headaches of GMs. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, and I don't really – last year – we did a free agency episode, and 
Well, I know that I, the Jags have a lot of money they could spend in free agency, and they just didn't. Like, what was their biggest free agent acquisition? Marvin Jones? Like, I feel like they could have gotten a very a marquee receiver. Did so they get uh, Shaquem Griffin or something? No, one of the Griffins, the one that plays maybe, cornerback. Okay, maybe they did. Shaquille Griffin. Shaquille Griffin. Yeah. Like, they had a lot of money to work with, and just nothing got done. And I, I feel like uh, with a competent GM, like the Jaguars, as weird as it sounds, I feel like it could be a – like, it, you could sell sell a free agent on the Jaguars, and clearly Balky didn't last year. And that's what I'm nervous for again this year. Um so if they got a new GM, if they won't, they're going with Balky for another year at least. But if they had a new GM, I'd be pretty bullish on the Jaguars just to be a. Uh, it's hard to say a, a Bengals type switch from twenty 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 one, but like something like that where they maybe they could make the playoffs. That's what. It's just the GM is what's really holding me back with this. But back to Peterson, I agree with everything Chef said. I think it's a great hire. And I think he can work well with with Lawrence and developing him. I I think I it's I don't think anyone dislikes Trevor Lawrence. Um, and I still think he has great talent. And although he led the league in interceptions last year as a rookie, I, Peyton Manning did the same thing as his rookie year. So, um, yeah, still hope for him. Yeah, I know a young man that's moving to Jacksonville who could uh, potentially take over the GM job. I should. So there you go. Moving to Jacksonville. Maybe in a year's time, uh, you know, keep your options open. Just saying. I will. Uh, yeah, all Peterson has to do is just not kick Josh Lambeau, and then he'll be uh, he'll be fine. So. True. And, and not do a lot of other stuff. <laughs> that one rant we had, me and Shep went back and forth. What? That Urban Meyer thing. Oh, yeah. Did, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, don't dance with uh, young ladies when you're out to dinner with your family doug so it's a, the bar is pretty low anyway next guy we have here is raiders hired josh mcdaniels uh with the new england organization for a long time he was a pretty mediocre coach in denver he was the coach for two se- well really one and a half seasons he got fired midway through his second season he went 11 and 17 uh i I don't love this hire. I think he still leaves a sour taste in my mouth after that Indianapolis Colts debacle where he was going to be announced as the guy and he just like just said, nah, actually, sorry, I'm just going to go back. Uh, I think that was a pretty scummy thing to do. And that's just kind of my perspective of him. And I don't know. I, I I just don't like him that much. I don't know if that's... Uh, you know, clouding my judgment on this hire, but that's kind of all I can get out of him. I'm going to say that's clouding your judgment a little bit because, um, I mean, what, we're a couple weeks after he announced it, so I don't think he's going to go back on his word now. Um, but I, I know that. I know he's not going to actually go <laughs> right. back on his word. It's just like, yeah, you know, he did it once, like, in, like, I don't know. I mean, he's obviously had a lot of success in New England for many years now. Um, and work with Tom Brady for many years. And I think just working with Tom Brady, like, that's just a lot of knowledge. And I think that that is definitely very reputable to have done, have be so close to Tom Brady over the 
however many years that was. So um, I think he's deserving of it. And it's a tough job. The Raiders are coming off a very, very rough turnover. A lot weird season for them. Um, I mean, I this isn't about McDaniel's, but I don't. I think they should have just stuck with Bisaccia. Um He did a fantastic job bringing that team to the playoffs um, after everything that's happened. So, and I. The players loved him too. I I feel like uh, it would have been good for their culture to keep him, but I don't know. What what, know what did he don't. have to? What more could he have, could he have done? He couldn't have done anything else. Like to bring that team to the playoffs, and to be com- as competitive with the Bengals as the Rams and the Chiefs were, and every team. Like the, he he played up to par as every other team that faced the Bengals the whole postseason on the road. Right, the Bengals were at home that game. Correct. So. Um. Yeah, I, and he's a great guy too. You see the uh, like after there was that picture. I don't know who took it, but yeah, he wrote handwritten notes to everyone on the team thanking them for their efforts that that whole season in the hotel room, like the night after they lost. Wow. So I, I guess he seems like he's a great guy. I question why they got decided to go into the direction, but I don't know. Maybe he'll get another opportunity at some point. I hope so. Um, Wait, did he? Was he the one that got hired? Did did he get? Yeah, special teams for the Packers. Yeah, Um, that's cool for him. Um, I I kind of agree with you, Jack. I think Texans and Raiders, in my mind, were in similar situations where I I think, obviously, when it comes to having an interim head coach, that is something that normally does only last for the rest of the season. But I think both both of those coaches, I thought, showed enough to where they should have been more in consideration for getting a full-time offer from them well coley um, was though what coley was though he was i i, I just maybe I, I don't know if it was considered like serious consideration for them considering the direction they ended up going in um yeah i don't know mcdaniels for me i feel like like he was when when the pats were at their peak um it felt like every off season he he was like the he was like the enemy before Bienemy was Bienemy, where like every offseason it was like is Josh McDaniels finally gonna leave and go get his own team. Um I feel like that's worn off. He was in Denver for what was that, two years? Like one and a half one he got fired half years, midway. He, he got fired halfway through. Um so clearly hasn't shown much. I think also that this is, in my opinion, maybe one of the harder jobs to take over for a couple of reasons. One, you have such kind of an established you have this established core that still hasn't done a lot. Like Derek Carr, I feel like people are like your people are still kind of on the fence about him, in general. Um, and then on top of that, I think you could argue that that division, you have at least roster wise three of the more talented teams in the league. Depending what Denver does in the QB situation. Yeah, if they got Rodgers, good luck. Yeah, Mahomes, yeah, Herbert, and Rodgers. You're going up against. You're definitely going up against Mahomes, Herbert twice a year. And then depending what Denver does, you're going up against that that Denver offense twice a year. Um, so McDaniel's gonna have his work cut out for him. I, I don't know. This this is another one that I don't. This doesn't feel like something that's gonna be like a long term deal for him. I feel like it'll be maybe similar to a Denver for him, where he's in there for a year or two, and it's just. I just have a hard time seeing the Raiders moving from that point of like NFL purgatory, where like they're good enough to be a team that can make the playoffs, but you know that they're never gonna be serious contenders when they get in there. Um, so that's obviously the next step for them is figuring out how to kind of get past that threshold. I just don't know if Mc, if he if McDaniel's is going to be that guy for them. But overall, not definitely not the worst hire they could have made. 
No. I think out of all these guys, I think it's middle of the pack. I do think it was kind of underwhelming, though, overall. But All right, next guy, Dolphins, Mike McDaniel. I don't know how to feel about this guy at all. Uh, I have very mixed feelings about this hire. I'll start off with like a couple of positive notes on him. I think he he seems like he has a great offensive mind. He was the 49ers run game coordinator from 2017 to 2020 before becoming the offensive coordinator this past season. And they could just pretty much plug and play any any guy in that backfield and they would rush for 5 yards a carry. Like it, he, they were so effective. I'm sure that a lot of people had, you know, things to do with that with Shanahan and just the way their offensive line goes and he probably played no small part in it either. So, and the, you know, he schemed up Debo Samuel really well this year. He probably helped Jimmy Garoppolo keep off Trey Lance for most of the season this year. Um, besides a couple, you know, I think starts he had from injury, but you know, it seems like he is very smart and has a good offensive mind. He just seems so weird. And I think like, have you guys like heard him like talk? Like he just seems like not a guy that is like head coach material. I don't don't know if that's like a dumb reason to bring up against him, but like, he's just so like awkward and weird. And like, is that guy going to be like, I don't know. Maybe he's just going to be super smart. And that's not really going to matter, but he just seems like such a weird guy. I don't really know. Like, I don't know. That's fair to say he's weird. Um, I kind of see it as it could. I am an optimistic view of this guy. Just I, I mean, I just like him. He's a weirdo, and I, I like that. But again, I see the the downsides that could be in a head coach setting. Um, but to speak to what you said about his offensive mind, I think that's going to be great for Tua. Um, and he's his run rushing background, rushing attack background is going to be great for their run game, which is something I feel like an element that they've lacked. Granted, they haven't had the best talent in their backfield the past couple of years, but um, I think it's going to be great for their offense. They have a new offensive coordinator as well. Um, I kind of see it. You could think of this as a Sirianni situation. I think he was viewed as kind of weird. Um, yeah, and I think McDaniel even has a stronger reputation or uh, resume than Mc- Sirianni did. Um, but Sirianni, I, I'm still skeptical of him. But he did well with the Eagles. I thought the Eagles would be a lot, a lot worse than they were this year. Did no, didn't think that any shot to make the playoffs, and they did. So um, I think that's an example of a odd personality as a head coach succeeding in their in the first year. Um, still think Flores I mean we touched on Flores and they're he got fired for everyone knows the story of you know the reasons why he did I don't think it was because of what he did as a coach I think um he should he's he's still deserving of being this head coach he did a great job with Dallas past couple of years but oh well it's Mike McDaniel era yeah, I was gonna say with Flores. I mean, it, like the the reason he got he, he got fired for being too good of a coach, yeah. which is which is funny to think about. Um, not funny for him, but just like the the idea. It's of, like so ridiculous. It's just absurd. Oh. Yeah, but that, that that's neither here nor there at this point. Um, I am optimistic about this hire. I think is the word I'd use. Um, very excited to see him with Tua. 
Um, I know there's p- people that are probably still a little out on Tua. I, I still think he could end up being a solid QB in the NFL. Um, and I think this would be a coach that would get him there simply because in an offense like this, Tua is not going to have to be like making plays throughout the entire game. I think obviously we've seen it with these San Fran teams with Shanahan. They're going to they're gonna run the ball first and they're going to let the QB make plays when the QB has to make plays. Um, very excited to see how Jalen Waddell looks under him um interested i guess is, is gaskin still there running back for now they might draft someone or sign yeah, yeah i'm interested to see what they do in the draft in terms of wh- if they decide to take one early they obviously don't have a first round pick but maybe in the in the mid rounds um another guy i'm like how, how does mike gasecki fit fit in now because when he is afraid like I'm, i th- this makes i think this hire makes me think that he's not going to be coming back um Simply because, I mean, you look at the, that Niners team, obviously George Kittle is an amazing downfield threat, but one of the main reasons that that, that that run game can perform the way it does is because you have a tight end that's willing to get into the trenches and lay some blocks. Um, we know Gasicki is not that type of player. Not not that it's a bad thing. It just doesn't necessarily fit the scheme that they're going to be running now. Um, so that's, that's something to follow. Um, and then another part of it, too, is I think a, a run game like this is going to benefit the Dolphins in a division where – you're going. I mean, the Bills are kind of a different story now, but like Pats and Jets, you're you're normally. I feel like you're normally coming away with lower scoring games there. Um, so I think having an offense that's going to be built around sustaining drives and keeping the ball out of the other team's hand, um, I think that's going to work well in a division like this. Overall, I I think optimistic. I still don't know if I like him or not, as we mentioned with all the weirdo talk before. Um, but I think his brain is what makes me think. His brain is what makes me feel good about this hire for the Dolphins. Last thing I'll say on this is some guy I saw a clip, clip asked him to do a yeah, this is great. kiss, marry, kill with his former uh, coaches in LaFleur, Shanahan, and McVeigh. McVeigh. Like, just imagine someone asking Bill Belichick that. Like that would be absolutely. And McDaniel answered right away. Like, yeah, he had he had like completely serious. Like he just he acted like he'd been asked that like twenty yeah. times already. Right. So. Didn't even bat an eye. Yeah, that is. I can't believe that guy is going to be running an NFL franchise. Yeah, in the same division as Bill Belichick. Minnesota Vikings hire offensive coordinator for the Rams, Kevin O'Connell. I don't really know much about him. I don't know if you guys do. Um, I don't know how much he really contributed to their Super Bowl run. I mean, they had Sean McVay, and I feel like anyone could have done. I don't know. I don't want to belittle the job he did because it's kind of difficult to tell. Like, I just think it, we can't really make an assessment on him really one way or the other because, you know, it was a great offense. Um, Sean McVay obviously has a lot to do with the, the offensive scheme as well. And Matthew Stafford was just such an upgrade. So I just think he had a, he was dealt a very good hand, if, if you will. Um, what do you guys think about him? Do you have any strong opinions? Uh, can you start on this one? Yeah, I'll kick it off. Um, I no strong opinions. Um, as you said, Mitchell, it, it's hard to figure out how much of a role he played um, on these Rams teams. I mean, obviously their offense every year was. If it wasn't for having Jared Goff at QB, I think their their offense would have consistently been probably one of the top in the league. Um, one uh, Vikings. This Vikings team is, I think, on the same level as kind of where the Raiders are. 
in terms of NFL pur- pur- yeah, purgatory, which I mean, you could argue that's it, it's that's almost in a worse spot to be than it is to be like one of the worst teams. Um, cause I mean, you have, it's a team that every year I think people are like, oh, Vikings could do something. And then they normally do do kind of something, but it's never, it should like, if, if they were like this season, for example, if they were to get in the playoffs, I don't think anyone would have been saying, watch out for the Vikings in the playoffs. Um, so I, I think a lot of it, a lot of it is going to, obviously you make the higher, you go offensive, which I like. Um, I don't think it's going to be clear on how good this is going to be until we really see them play. I mean, I know that's fair for every coach to say, but when you have a guy like Kirk, who's just kind of been good enough to get them uh, to certain places, but not good enough to kind of put them over the hump. I think there's a lot of unproven uh, guys on this team um, just in terms of like winning the big games and stuff like that. So overall, certainly not a flashy hire. Um, I'd love to say more about it, but once again, I just don't know enough about O'Connell to make a definitive stance on whether or not I, I like the hire or not. But it all comes back to I'm, I'm always a proponent of hiring offensive minds over defensive minds for head coach, so not too bad. We'll, we'll have to see what happens. Um, I got a different stance of both of you guys. I really like this hire a lot. Okay, educate us then. I'm not um, saying it wasn't. We just don't. I just don't really know enough. Uh, okay, so my first point is that what he did with the Rams, the Rams offense, the past he's been their offensive coordinator the past two years. Um, I mean, to have a, one of your skill positions win offensive play of the year, I think that speaks uh, a little bit to the coaching. Okay. And what he did there, um, and when a pretty. I'd say significant focal point of your offense and Robert Woods goes down for the year and you bring in Odell and don't really skip a beat. I think that also is, is, uh, impressive as well. Um, another reason I think the Matt, the, uh, Sean McVay coaching tree is also another reason to believe in O'Connell. Um, Zach Taylor, Matt LaFleur and Brandon Staley, three pretty, uh, well-respected head coaches all came from McVay and now O'Connell. So I think, I mean, the wisdom that McVay has, I obviously Super Bowl winning coach. We spoke to how much we like McVay. Um, I my think, favorite coach besides Mike Tomlin. Exactly. I think that's a um, another reason to really like this hire and believe in O'Connell. Um, he was quarterback's coach for Washington, so he knows Kirk Cousins very well. Um I think that's another uh, positive sign as well. And, you know, it was assumed that, not assumed, but there was a report that Harbaugh was going to be the Vikings head coach. Um, I listened to this on Around the NFL podcast, and there is, was part speculation, and I think there's parts of validity to this, that, uh, you know, Harbaugh came in and... I think he kind of, with the Harbaugh personality that he is, he came into that interview and not, like, it's hard to say he just, like, expected to get the job because he's Harbaugh and, like, he's a very well-known and, I guess, respected and, like, accomplished college coach. Uh, I feel like he came into that interview, um, just not much, I doesn't have, didn't have much of a plan, you know, just he's, he hid the name, he's Harbaugh. He should have that coach. 
And then ultimately that kind of fell through. Obviously, he's not the head coach now, but um, and Harbaugh made the announcement that he's uh, coming back to Michigan. And I think it's kind of perceived that Harbaugh made the choice to come back. But I kind of feel like it's the Vikings. It was the Vikings' choice to move in another direction because uh, I believe there was a report that O'Connell came into the interview like very, very well prepared. Like oh, he had a whole like this also amidst the Rams' playoff run too. Um, he had the whole like a offense. He had a lot of ideas. You know, he spoke to how he worked with Kirk Cousins in the past, and he had some ideas going forward um, that they liked. And I think. I believe I want to believe that's that's why they went with O'Connell and kind of ditched Harbaugh, um, so that just makes me like O'Connell a little more and have a little faith in him and the Vikings for this upcoming season. You went off there. That that was those some good points. I think you've swayed me. <laughs> I mean, not, not that like I needed to be swayed. Like I was completely in the other direction. But um, yeah, those are all really good points. So I think. Uh, I'm a little bit more optimistic for Mr. O'Connell and the Minnesota Vikings now. <laughs> Two more here on the docket. We have the Saints hiring Dennis Allen after the sh- surprising news that Sean Payton uh, stepped down as the New Orleans head coach for, gosh, it's been like, what, 15 years he was there? Something like that? So yeah, there for quite a while. Uh, they hired their defensive coordinator, right? Dennis Allen was. Dennis Allen, uh, their coordinator for a while, so he's very familiar with the Saints organization. Um, however, I didn't realize he was the Raiders head coach for uh, two and a half seasons, and he went 8-28. and 28. That's Correct. not a good look. So his first stint as a head coach in this league is not was not very good. Um, but like I said, I, I think it's the Saints have a pretty good culture. Um, they've had a pretty formidable defense while he's been the, the D.C. there. Um, so maybe this time will be different for him. What do you guys think? Um. Yeah, I really don't know and have much of a stance on Dennis Allen at all. I mean the the Saints defense, I feel like has overperformed their talent the past couple years. Like what star Cam Jordan, like Marshawn Lattimore's good. Like they don't have. They had Trey Hendrickson. Right. They have Demario Davis had a pretty good year. So. It just, they've got they, some guys. They, yeah, they have like some solid pieces, but don't have like an they don't have like an Aaron Donald type like star. Marcus Williams. Um, that so I, I feel like he's done a good job as their defensive coordinator. So I guess if they want to stay in house, like he's a I think a a decent option to go with. Um, I don't know. I really I really don't know. The Saints are as an organization as a whole are in a very weird spot. Um don't really have a quarterback in play like terrible cap situation they have yeah, no quarterback it's, it's just it's just really weird so i really don't know what to think of the saints as a whole so interesting to see what he does here but uh Shref, what do you got yeah I've, I've been saying how i prefer offensive coaches i think for the saints this might have been their one of their better options um especially with kind of the culture that peyton established over i mean how many years was he there for what did you say 15 mitchell Something like that. Uh, yeah, something like that. Sorry to sorry to interrupt you, but uh, <laughs> we, oh, Lebum just Le made Bum the game winning shot. Yeah, <laughs> game Congrats to Lebum. Um, the under hit. The under also hit. Oh my gosh! Wow. wow. Okay. Um, 
Anyways, um, Sean Payton, I, yeah, he was there yeah, for long. Yeah. I think it was 2006, I believe, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. So I, I think when you have when you have a guy that comes in and kind of sets a culture like that for so long, and especially with the Saints team, I, I feel like it's fair to say a lot of their team is guided by veterans. I don't think they, like off the top of my head, I can't really think of any like young like stars that have like emerged because like I mean, I mean even like a, a guy like Lattimore, this is he's going into what his fourth year already now, something like that. I think it could be fourth, fifth, fourth or fifth. Like you don't, they don't have any. It, it's it's not like a, it's not like a Bengals team where they're being led by these like first and second year players. Um, you have kind of an established group of veterans there. So I think keeping a guy that the whole team knows and can probably rally around a little bit more, I think, is a good move for them. Um, long run, I don't know. Um, I think this Saints team needs a lot of help and doesn't exactly have a lot of resources to to get that help. Um, you mentioned Marcus Williams. I, I I'm pretty sure he's set to hit free agency this uh, this summer. I so believe so. He, yes, he can end. He can end up being gone too. Um, so I think I think for the time being, I think this is a good hire just because of how different this team is than what it was like two seasons ago when when Breeze was still there. Um, this this team is a shell of what they used to be. So I think keeping some consistency in the head coach position is probably a good move. Um, don't know exactly how that's going to translate to wins and losses but i think for the locker room i think this is a good hire okay yeah fair enough they're in a definitely a tough spot i mean it's easier said than done but i, I think i might want to blow it up at this point um it might be easier to kind of just go in that mode um and not just the saints but i, I mean i don't know if this has anything to do with your hot takes so i don't want to like steal anyone's thunder but the nfc south is just completely up for grabs. I yeah. have no idea who's going to win that division. Yeah, it's impossible to like say. Like that's that's a, that's going to be such an interesting division next year. Yeah. And probably not a very good one if I'm being honest. Mm-hmm. I feel like the winner of it might have 9 or 10 wins. Last guy we have here is the Giants. They hire Brian Dable, offensive coordinator for the Buffalo Bills. Uh he kind of had a long time coming uh to be a head coach in this league. He's had uh, great success. Um, he's been with many great organizations, uh, Patriots, Alabama. So and I also thought it was interesting how they hire another Patriots and Alabama guy after Joe Judge. I thought that was an interesting anecdote. Um, I think this is this might be my favorite hire. Uh, he obviously, like we all know what the job he did in influencing Josh Allen and, and contributing to his development. Uh, on top of that, he's very professional from what I've seen, like all the clips of him, like speaking and addressing the media and whatnot, like just so different than, uh, Mike McDaniel. It just, I don't know. Not, not that, not that he's like a bad guy McDaniel. I just, I don't mean to keep like you know, busting his balls, but, um, but Brian Dable, great guy, very professional. I really like this hire. Um, might be my favorite one. Him and Peterson were really good and. Yeah, maybe o- O'Connell's the third now that for Jack's uh, monologue. But, yeah, what do you guys think? I'm sure you guys like it, I yeah, assume. I'll, I'll kick it off. I um, Outside of Peterson, this was, I think, clearly the other top hire. Um, keep in mind, too, they got new head coach, new GM, new OC, new DC. Offensive coordinator is Mike Kafka. I'm reading through this now, thanks to Jack's laptop. Um, former QB. I think probably will help with the development of Daniel Jones. You'd like to imagine, assuming that they're going to keep Daniel Jones. I think that's. I think it's the plan as of now. It seems to be. Um, I'm fine. I, I think that's that's a perfectly okay decision from them. I think considering. You're just saying that because you're an Eagles fan. I I am. Obviously, that's part of it. But at the same time, it's like I I think it's a it's a situation where I don't. He wasn't done any favors, 
since he's been in the league in terms of who he's been coached by, who's been in the front office making decisions surrounding him. Um, so that's one thing. And then on the defensive, the defensive coordinator, I forgot they did this. They hired uh, Wink Martindale, who was the Ravens DC, I believe, for a yeah. while. Um, so definitely some like veteran presence in there. And I think more than anything with, with, uh, with Dable, he he's just a culture shifter, I think. I, I, it, I mean, obviously, as an Eagles fan, I was never going to like Joe Judge, but I think even from an outsider's perspective, it was clear that Joe Judge just should not have been a head coach. Uh, I, don't, I think that's probably fair to say. I remember watching uh, Jack, you probably listened, you might have too, Mitchell, when they, part of my take last year, interviewed Allen and Dable together. And it was just, it was very clear that they had an awesome, like, connection. They were, like, joking around the whole time. Um, like, keeping things light, it just seemed like they were good friends. And Joe Judge never really struck me as a guy that was going to, like, create those friendships with players. Um, Doesn't so seem I, very personable. Not personable at all. And I think Dable is the exact opposite of that. And I think for this Giants team that clearly, I mean, just a, a po- poverty franchise at this point, I think is fair to say. Right? I mean, I don't know if I'd go quite that far, but they're definitely in some dire straits. I want to say, I thought I saw some, and don't they have like the worst combined record over the last like. Since the end of the playoffs, so like five, five years. Yeah, like over the last five yeah. years, they have the worst. Worse than the Browns, who went yeah, one and fifteen and zero and sixteen. Just a very consistently very bad team um, that needed that was in dire dire need of just a complete overhaul. So they did that, and in terms of who they could have hired, I think for the progression of Daniel Jones, for the progression of guys such as Saquon or Kadarius Tony, I think bringing in an offensive mind like this was kind of the only option they had, and I I think they nailed it. So I'm. Um, not nervous about the Giants yet because it's still the Giants, but very intrigued to see how they look coming into next year. I agree. I really, I, I don't even think there's anything worth saying that, or I don't have anything to say other than what Shreff said. I, and you said it too. I think Dable's a great hire. Um, I don't have faith in Daniel Jones, so it's if he makes Daniel Jones work, work then, God bless him. Yeah. So. Yeah, Giants are tough. They're in a tough spot with Saquon Barkley too. Um, right, it's uh, it's tough. And the receiver they spent forty eight million dollars on for the next three years had just as many touchdowns as us three. So that's not great. But hey, maybe Dable could fix that. So um, and I mean, look at it optimistically. There's it's um can't do much worse. So true. Good point. Yeah. All right, guys. Time to get spicy with some hot takes for the 2020, 2022 NFL season. I've come up with two, um, and I'm ready to get clowned. So You go. All right. Here we go. I'm trying to think of which one I'm going to go with first. You guys also have two, correct? Yep. Okay. I have one, The Dallas Cowboys mm. will go. Fourteen and three, be the one seed in the NFC, mm-hmm. and represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. Wow, I know Jack likes the sound of that. Big year for the defense. Michael Parsons wins. This isn't part of it. I just think I think he right in the defensive player of the year conversation again. Maybe he'll win it. I don't know. Uh, offensive line was ranked number one by Pro Football Focus, so it's still a very good strength for their team. They always seem to have a good line. Dak plays at an MVP level, and uh, they re-sign. I don't know if Cooper's a free agent. Do you know? Well, Gallup, I don't know. He might be gone, but those, they still have a great receiver core. Um, 
They got to re-sign Dalton Schultz too. Maybe they keep one of those two. Um, just an all-around great team, great running back room, and I just think uh, they could be in for something special this year. I'm okay with that take. I'm okay with that. Um, I think it, it's it feels like the last like couple of years it's come in where everyone thinks Dallas is going to be one of the top teams. Um, at this point, the, the difference maker, I think in years past, you always had the argument of, well, the defense is still an issue. Clearly, the defense is no longer an issue. Um, Dan Quinn did an awesome job with them this past year. And, I mean, teams just get kind of getting healthier. I mean, Dak was obviously still coming off of injury. Don't know how much that played into this season, but obviously you would imagine next season it will not come into play. Um, that receiving core is awesome. So good. I mean, they have the the blueprint is there for them to do exactly what you're saying. So I, I definitely understand the take, but the bottom line is it it, it is still the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, fair it's enough. Still the Dallas Cowboys. That's why that's why it's part of our hot takes. Right. In our as our resident Cowboys fan on on this show, um, the Cowboys are just a complete team. You mentioned their weapons. Um, they. Uh, defense had a good year and i think dang win was a great d coordinator it's where he belongs i think uh, i would like to see him get another shot though kellen moore is a great offensive coordinator um the only hole is our head coach i think mike mccarthy is awful uh his game management's terrible um i just don't think you can i don't know i i i don't see him winning another super bowl uh, I really think, and I wish Jerry Jones fired him, but Jerry Jones is too stubborn. He fired, he hired him too soon or too recently for him to do that. So, um, I think he just puts a ceiling on this team that's not that there. And other than that, I think the Cowboys are just a cursed franchise. Like, it's just every year you think it's different, and it's not. So, yeah, that's it. That's wow, but it's not Jack a, pessimistic about the. He was the most pessimistic out of all three of us. It's it's not an awful take. I mean, any if it just wasn't, you take this team, all the people in this organization, and you <laughs> just put them in another uniform. You sound like Patrick Starr there. Why don't we take the Cowboys and put them somewhere else? If the, if you that's the formula, like that could that team can make the can make the rule, but I it's a, if they're wearing that Cowboys, that Cowboys gray and, gray and blue. I don't I it's just really hard to do that. I think I really do think they're a cursed team, especially with McCarthy. I think that's another glaring hole. I was not expecting this, but hey, Dak is definitely MVP level. He can do that. All right, someone else go. Let's get spicy, Shreff. All right, I did. I did one one team take and one player take. So I'll start with the player take first. Okay. Um, this is a little bit of my uh, dynasty team bias coming through on this one. That's fine. I believe that Trey Lance will be an MVP candidate next season. Yeah, we're really gonna see. I mean, give it to me. We haven't we haven't gotten our answer yet whether that very ballsy move by the 49ers is uh, gonna pay off. Mm-hmm. And we're going to get that because, I mean, all signs, Jimmy Garoppolo, there's definitely – now that's a quarterback that we could, I think we can count on getting traded. Yes. You don't make that move for Trey Lance and have him sit on the bench any longer for one year. Surprised that he was even – I mean, I know he played what? He played like one or two games this year, right? He did start in a couple yeah, games. Yeah, he looked uh, – I think he, he started, I want to say, two. I think one game he looked not great. I think the one he started towards the end of the year, he looked really good, though, if I if I remember correctly. Um 
Yeah, there's a few different things that play into this. I think one, we've seen it the last few years. You've had these young QBs who maybe start, maybe their first year is one thing, or maybe they sit for a year. Like you think about Mahomes, Mahomes sits for a full year, comes in that second season and does what he did. Lamar, was that his third season that he won MVP? trying to remember I don't second know. yeah so i mean it's these it's these second year stories i mean even a guy like burrow he doesn't win mvp but he has he does what he did this in his second year um should have won mvp i am normally not a huge fan of qb sitting for a year um i i think it's kind of pointless they're either going to figure it out or they're not but i think this it worked out well for lance where he did he did still get some playing time and i think it was set up with with garoppolo here right it's pretty clear that they're not going to keep him for another year. I think if they did, they'd be pretty stupid to do that. Um, and then on top of that, I mean, they, the Niners figured out a lot this year in terms of where they're going moving forward. I mean, Debo Samuel became a legitimate star um, coming from me. I mean, he was always good, but I don't, like, I don't think anyone saw what, what happened this year coming. Um, you still have Kittle, who's still amazing, and then you still you have this run game built around Lance now where, I mean, Jimmy G wasn't running the ball at all. Um, I think Lance offers that uh, facet to his game that Shanahan should kind of fall in love with. Um, it just it, everything sets up for him this year, where I, they they have the team, they have the team around him. Where I, I think as long as he does what I think he's going to do, his stats should put him somewhere in the race. So that's that's my first one. I don't hate it either. I don't. I think the Russian the rushing ups. I think he's going to be a great fantasy quarterback. So. You know, the rushing upside is definitely going to be there. And, you know, we'll see if he progresses enough as a passer. That's going to be the key. But, you know, definitely a very dynasty team. It's definitely looking up in there. So I, I, um, I'll I, be looking to target him in some drafts. So my first one, I'll put it as a basic one. Okay. Where's this going? As a Steelers fan. Steelers make the playoffs. <laughs> That's your hot take. Yes. Okay. A lot of people think, like, you check sports. I don't. Sports books probably don't have odds. You just ask anyone; they're gonna say Steelers are gonna finish last in the North. I don't think so, but I don't think we'll make the playoffs. Um. I wouldn't bet on us making the playoffs. This is less being a hot take, but I. I mean, who's our quarterback? I don't think it matters. <laughs> Whoa. If Mason Rudolph starts 17 games, we're going to make the playoffs? No. <laughs> but I... Maybe. Give the, give Dobbs a hat, for the love of God. But... Um, <laughs> Duck? What uh, what Tomlin's able to 2019 Steelers without, without Ben out of nowhere. And I know we didn't make the playoffs, but we finished 8-8. Eight and eight. That was incredible. Um, you know... <sighs> I think you know Ben just was very limited last year. We made the playoffs with that. I think that Ben, I think Tomlin can can do it with anyone. Um, now it's not just the quarterback situation. Uh, I think I honestly, honestly, God, I I think the quarterback we have next year. I don't know who it's going to be. Is going to be an upgrade from what Ben from Ben last year. Um, now, aside from that, I. Um, Defense was rough. We had the worst rush defense in the league, and that was largely due to our underperforming. I'd say our biggest weakness is our linebackers, um, and we hired 
as we mentioned, Brian Flores, who I think that's in, an incredible hire. It's a guy who's worthy of being a head coach. He's, I'd say, a good head coach. He's our a linebackers coach. He might be the most overqualified person in NFL history to be a head, like be a coach. Like in the position that he's in, to be a linebackers coach, yes, or yeah, like Definitely. just most over overqualified yeah. person to ever coach in the NFL. So I think that is that's huge um, as well. So right, but he can't play defense. So Brian Flores, no, yeah. but he we have talent at the linebacker position. A former top ten pick and Devin Bush, who I'm hoping he can coach up back to what he was trending to be before his injury uh, in 2020. So. Um, that's I got. That's what I got. That's my first take. Okay. All right. It's kind of weird to call out a hot take, uh, considering that, you know, we haven't had a losing season since I was five. But all right, teach their own. Uh, my next one is a hot take that I'm going to be doubling down on from this past season. Do you know where this is going? Any guesses? Something Teddy Bridgewater related? Oh no 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 no. <laughs> I don't know. Shreff, any guess? Um, no, I, I don't, I'm trying to think if this is like a team related thing or a player related thing. I have no idea. Both. Oh boy. I don't know. Let's hear it. The Chicago bears will be the NFC North champions. Oh wow. Justin Fields stats will be the following. <laughs> oh, he's, he's got numbers. 3,500. It's not, it's nothing outrageous. It's, it's just going to be good enough. It's going to be a big improvement off of his rookie season. And it's going to be good enough to get them to be division champions. 3,500 yards, 25 passing touchdowns, 10 interceptions, 500 rushing yards, 5 rushing touchdowns. Interesting. That's reasonable. Very reasonable. And I think, uh, yeah. I mean, last year I was bold enough to say the Bears were going to win the North, and then I knew Aaron Rodgers was still going to be the quarterback of the Packers. In this case, I'm assuming he's going to be gone, which I know you know we just said how it might be tough for him to get traded. But if he's gone, I think they win the North. And I think they make a run at the playoffs, even if he's still there. I'm okay with that take. I'm doubling down. I'm not I'm not running away from my bad take of last year yeah, with the, I with the Bears. Because um, it was way off. But I'm I'm not I'm not uh I'm not, not being embarrassed. I'm I'm just fully embracing it. Not just embracing it, I am like I just said, doubling down. Man, hammer it. I like that. Um, okay, team take time. So, Mitchell, you talked about the Cowboys and how you think they will be representing the NFC. Okay. I have my pick of who I think will be representing the AFC. Okay. And that team is the Tennessee Titans. Ooh. That team is the Tennessee Titans. Um, obviously, this year got derailed very quickly with the injury of Derrick Henry. Still, in the regular season, they still obviously made it work, still ended up as the one seed. Um, Henry clear was very clear from the start of that game. Um, Henry was not a hundred percent. I think it was it was obvious that they maybe tried to rush him back a little bit. He wasn't ready. Was not ready at all. Um, going into next year now, you have an, an established head coach at this point who the team seems to love. I don't know. I don't know if you'll find a team that is more like in love and like outwardly expresses how much they enjoy their coach than the Titans do for Mike Vrabel. Um, and I think it's fair because I mean Vrabel's obviously he seems like the the coolest guy ever just knows how to get it done knows how to get the best out of his guys um ryan Tannehill never going to be a top like the top qb but especially in that offense he does exactly what needs to be done um for that team to win games you have 
arguably at this point a top five, seven receiver in A.J. Brown. I'd, I'd call him that. I think, I think he's, he's got to be up there. Um, obviously, Julio Jones is kind of a non-factor this year, but that's that's a whole that's a whole other story. We can get into another time. Um, and then you still have Derrick Henry, who is arguably arguably the most dominant offensive player when he is on his game. And then on the defensive side, you have Jeffrey Simmons, who really came into his own this year. I'm a huge Jeffrey Simmons fan. You still have uh, Kevin Byard on the backside. You have a really good linebacker group with um, Jayon Brown. And who else do they have? Oh, who's their other guy? It's the guy from Alabama. Why can't I think of it? I don't know. It's fine. It, it's some other guy. He's he, he's really good though. Trust me. Um, they were the number one rush defense this year. Yeah, I I just they all their pieces are coming together at the right time. Still a very young team. Um, a lot of their top guys are very young. Outside of maybe like a like a Taylor Lewan or someone like that. A lot of their guys are still in their twenties. Um, just the team that I feel like is is going to be coming back looking the exact same as they did last year. And last year, if it wasn't for that injury, I think they would have been maybe not the favorites to win the AFC last year. But, I mean, as a assuming would have still been the one seed with a healthy Derrick Henry, I think that's a team that probably gets a lot more respect in the playoffs. Um, yeah, could have been very different. Could have been very different. So, I mean, the hog line prediction, I guess, means this is it's going to be Cowboys-Titans Super Bowl next year. So if anyone That would be to, super weird. So if anyone wants to place those bets right now, um, go right ahead. But, yeah. They're going to be slept on for yeah. sure. Titans AFC champs. That's, so. my, that's my hot take. Oh, God, he's giving us a look. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So. Oh, God. Okay. The, so. I have something. <laughs> now, this is going to be hard. And I already have a scapegoat. <laughs> um. We kind of talked about it a little bit. All right. Okay. So, in the spirit of moving to Jacksonville, okay, I have a Trevor Lawrence take. Okay, he will finish with a thousand more yards. Okay. Well, he only threw for like how many yards did he 3, throw? Thirty-six hundred. Okay. He's going to have his interceptions half them yeah he he's gonna triple his touchdowns 12 4636 and eight uh, considering how good he is, like how much talent he has you can't like say it's that crazy but they have nothing so my scapegoat is gonna be Trent Balky not putting the weapons around him which that's like a hundred percent valid, but if if they just utilize the money they have and they get wep- like the backfield, those are great weapons and they can catch specifically ETN can catch. So that's some short yardage right there. I don't. I mean, I know. I know. You know. Trust me. I love James Robinson more than anyone, and all my outrage towards Travis ETN was nothing to do with him. I think he's a great player and seems like a good guy. I don't really know much about him. Uh, it was all because of Urban Meyer and Trent Balky. Um But, you know, they have two very hard injuries to overcome, both of them. Liz Frank and an Achilles. Right, that's true. But I figured, you know, they can they could put together Peterson loves utilizing that tight end. Maybe they'll sign uh, a good tight end. Maybe Kaseki. maybe a Dalton Schultz or something like that. Yeah. That'd be interesting. I would love that for my dynasty team. So Peterson's gotta get involved in getting some pieces that he needs. 
get him another like get Juju there. I don't know. Get Allen Robinson back to Jaguars. That's not gonna happen. <laughs> um, <laughs> As he was saying that, he's like, "Oh, never mind." <laughs> get just get some good players there for him to throw the ball to. Sounds and like a solid happen. plan to me. I think they should it, get, spend their first overpick and on the O lineman. What's his name? Evan Neal, maybe that could yeah. be an option. Or Thibodeau. No, he's edge. Never mind. Sorry, but if they, the defense is still probably not going to be too good. Like maybe. Well, if it's a bad defense, it'll contribute to your stats. That's, that's exactly what I'm saying. That's the narrative I'm trying to push. I mean, even if they do get like Hutchinson or a defense dude, like defensive player, number one overpick, it's just one guy. It's still going to. I still don't think it's going to be a top performing defense. I'd prefer yeah. them to get an O-line, but hey. Well, when you're the GM in 2023, then you can right. make that decision. So, yeah. All right. So, okay, it didn't come out as hot as I thought it would. You guys, no. Are, you, guys are, you guys were set your seat a little kind of well. It's not mild, but it's Yeah. Yeah. All right. So there you have it, folks. Uh, long way away from football season. Um, so that's not fun, but we'll get there. Um, enjoy some NHL action, enjoy some college basketball, enjoy some NBA. We'll see if baseball ever decides to exist again. Probably not, but we'll see. Um, so a lot of still good sports to, that we will certainly get into throughout this uh, time between now and September. And certainly, you know, football's never going away. There's never really a true, you know, downtime for football. Maybe like, I don't know, right now, but... It'll swing back up shortly with the draft and free agency and all that jazz. So thank you for listening to the 171st episode of the podcast. Um, follow us on uh, Instagram at Hogline Podcast and TikTok at Hogline Podcast. Um, and Treff. Or Jack, do you have anything to add? No, I'm just anxiously awaiting Treff's just final adjectives here as he... This is the final episode, final football episode of the season. So, set, take us away, Trev. <coughs> Peace, love, prosperity, happiness, joy, everlasting life, almonds, chives, knives, hives, we laugh, and the chime. <laughs>